0: In many cases, when a reader puts a story aside because it got boring, the boredom arose because the writer grew enchanted with his powers of description and lost sight of his priority, which is to keep the ball rolling. Stephen King. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull.
1: And I'm Leigh reporting in from Southern California today.
0: As a reminder, she got stuck away from the studio because of the COVID-19 travel restrictions. Today's episode is going to be about another writing crime, and this is probably the worst one of all, wasting the reader's time. Especially in this world, time is precious. People do not like to waste their time on something that is boring, because there are so many things that they could be doing that are more exciting.
1: This, I think, is why a lot of people aren't readers anymore. People who grew up reading Steinbeck because it was assigned in ninth grade English. And people who don't know that writing and reading can be an entertainment-based thing. Because when they open a book supposed to be entertaining, and they get three chapters of backstory before the plot actually begins, they're like, this is why I don't read.
0: So this episode, we're going to be breaking down some of the things that authors do that waste the reader's time. The very first one, we've talked about it before, we're going to talk about it again. Backstory. Backstory is like a good cheesecake. You never eat the whole thing at once or you're going to get sick. Cheesecake is entirely too rich to be eating all at once. Backstory is good. It makes a story richer and better. But if you put it in all at once in a huge block of exposition, it is boring and it is going to turn your readers away because they're going to read it and go, why do I care? And they're going to shut the book and move on.
1: Like our opening quote said, that rambling tends to be because the writer lost sight of his priority, which is to keep the story moving. One of the ways, besides backstory, that authors do this a lot is they have a character giving too much dialogue all at once. Unless they're standing behind the lectern giving a speech, keep their lines of dialogue down to three or four tops.
0: If you must have dialogue that lasts longer, you must break it up with action. Something needs to be happening in between this character talking. So if you do have that person up giving a speech or a lecture that is vital to the story, and I mean that, vital to the story, describe what he's doing or what the point of view character is doing or what people around the room are doing. Are they raptured with this speech? Are they bored looking at their nails, looking at their phones? What's going on? Give us a mood to go along with this giant block of dialogue.
1: And that also gives your audience a way to feel about the moment. If the audience is bored, then your reader is allowed to feel bored with the speech also. If they're enraptured and engaged, your reader should be feeling that with your audience also, because they are part of the audience of this monologue.
0: It is a little bit different if you're having an internal monologue, but only if the character is reaching an important revelation. So if you have a character that is kind of going on this deep internal dive and they're discussing a problem with themselves, going over it, and it finally helps them get to an important revelation either for their character development or for the story development, then yes, you can go on a little longer. But again, include action. Don't bore the reader. Keep it moving. If it's not relevant, take it out.
1: We talked about the shaggy dog story earlier. This tangent that you go on and bring your reader down this hole with no apparent end or purpose to it. This is exactly why we wanted to bring up wasting the reader's time.
0: When it comes to engaging your readers and not wasting their time, Everything that you write should have a purpose. Another problem is repetition. I was recently reading this series from an indie author. Especially in the first book, the author had a huge problem with repetition. He would say the same idea more than once. Similar to Brandon Sanderson in the Mistborn trilogy. So he would say this internal dialogue and then say it again a slightly different way with the third-person narrative. And it drove me nuts. Because I'm like, (laughs) I'm reading the same thing three times over before you finally move on. Can we just say it once and get on with it?
1: So I do want to point out, yes, we did an episode on the rule of three. That is an exception to this rule. It's not redundancy. It's building a theme. It should be said in a different way at a different time in this story. It should definitely not be in the same scene. You only need this information once per scene top.
0: Repetition can also be okay if you're bookending something. So you say something at the beginning of this internal monologue where they're debating with themselves what to do, and it's a question, and then they'll say it again as the answer at the end like that's a book ending it's okay to be repetitive in that case but it's at either end of the spectrum not right next to each other
1: so one of the worst crimes you as an author can commit against your readers is a cop out at the end the worst of those is it was all a dream i don't often fortunately see this in a lot of more recent published writing So I think publishers have pretty much caught on and said, no, that's not allowed. Stop it. That it was all a dream is really cheap and makes your entire book a shaggy dog story.
0: The reason why it's the worst crime ever is that the reader invests in the story as they read it. They begin to care about the characters. And when at the end you say that none of it actually happened... All of that investment is thrown into the garbage. And it applies to all of the cop-outs at the end of a story. When at the end of the story, you suddenly say any other sort of deus ex machina to solve the problem at the end, all of that investment is wasted.
1: And you're not going to get those readers to pick up another one of your books.
0: And they won't recommend your book to anyone else. When readers recommend a book, it's because they're recommending something that they love that kind of became a piece of them. So the next way that wastes the reader's time is filler. This is more a problem in TV shows where you have filler episodes, but you also have filler content in books.
1: Authors are especially guilty of this particular crime in Act 2 because they know how the story starts and they know how it ends, but they don't know how to get there. So they're just going to fill it with random stuff until they feel like they've filled up enough word count and they can get to the good part.
0: So, how to avoid filling parts of the story? You first determine if it's necessary to the story at all. Does the character learn something that they're going to need at the end? Do they learn something about themselves that was a revelation? Do they progress or fall back in any kind of way? If they're developing and changing and moving toward the end with purpose, then yeah, you can have it in there. But to have a fight scene just to have a fight scene isn't going to be of any use.
1: If you've determined that you really don't want to write this scene, but you really need to have this scene in the book, put a two-sentence summary of what happens in the scene in brackets
0: and move on. If you are going to be bored writing it, your readers are going to be bored reading it. So if you're not invested in writing that scene, like, Lee said, put it in brackets and move on. Write something that you're actually going to be interested in as you write it and come back to it later, because your readers will know. But
1: wait, we just spent all of March talking about genres and their expected word counts. How am I supposed to get the word count filled out if I'm skipping scenes that might help fill that out?
0: Your first draft is for you, not for the word count. Write however much or however little you need to in your first draft. The word count can be fixed in the second and third drafts, but focus on you first. If you don't focus on writing what you want, writing what you can write at that time, you're never going to get it written and it's not going to be good. It'll bore the reader. It will waste their time because you'll feel like you're wasting your time on this boring segment that who knows if it's even going to matter in the end.
1: And if you're having trouble figuring out what should happen in the middle of your story, go back to our bonus episode a few episodes ago, which was on the hero's journey. It has a lot of great details, a lot of great ideas about what to do in the middle-ish part of your story. Something that can make it feel like, You're moving the story forward without just jumping to the end in the final fight scene.
0: Most importantly, don't waste your time. We don't want to waste readers' time with how we write and what we write. But don't waste your time on writing something you don't want to write. This is supposed to be a fun career. It is supposed to be a fun hobby. It is not supposed to feel like work. So if you're writing, write what you want to write. And just write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots@aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.